Welcome to Care of Souls, a podcast of 180 Ministries where Dr. Stuart Scott serves as the executive director. 180 Ministries equips local churches with biblical counseling by offering counseling, education, and consulting services. Visit our website at 180ministries.org to learn more about how we can serve you. This podcast is being recorded in cooperation with the Masters University, where Dr. Scott also serves as a professor of biblical counseling. Visit their website at masters.edu to learn more about their programs in biblical counseling. Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Smith. And today on the Care of Souls podcast, I'm here with Dr. Stuart Scott and Pastor Adam Tyson. And the next one another we'll cover today, it's an important one, much needed right now in the church, and that is to have fellowship with one another from 1 John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, which reads, If we say that we have fellowship with him, that is with Christ, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. Guys, take it away. Wow. Well, that's a great verse, and there's a lot of good theology there in 1 John mm. chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, and uh, right in the middle of that is this concept, this idea of the one another of fellowship. So, Stuart, tell us a little bit about what's going on in 1 John and why fellowship is so important for the believer. Mm. Well, you know, 1 John, dealing with just basic fundamentals of the Christian life, and it just this is how Christians live. And if you're living this way, you have assurance. And it's also a treatise on uh, the humanity of Christ, uh, that he was fully human because there was some teaching coming in at that time that he was maybe a deity or, or divine, but was not human. So right. you have the gospel on his de deity, you have the epistle here, First uh, John. John saying, I really saw him, uh, yeah, I touched him, that's right. I heard he him. He was human. He was yep. a human being, and he had fellowship with him. That's right. And and when you I look at that word, that very common word, koinonia, most people have heard that word, uh, this fellowship, koinonia, it, it's both a position and a practice. Okay. Uh, there's a partnership positionally because we're mm -hmm. in Christ. Yes. So we're uh, part of the uh, members of one another in the body of Christ. We're in partnership with the head, you know, Jesus Christ, because of the gospel and what he did for us. So there's a positional aspect of a partner in or, fact, or partnered. That's what it says right yeah. before this verse, that we have to first have fellowship with God. Yeah. So what we're saying is we're first united with God uh, as Christians, adopted into his family, and then we can have fellowship with one another. So, right. So is that pretty much saying you cannot fellowship with a non-believer? You can't have a koinonia with an unbeliever. So that's an important concept, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. That we're not really sharing... Uh, in the faith together, because they don't have faith. Right. We can be friendly to them. Right. We can have a meal with them. We could try to reach out to them, but none of those things are fellowship. Right. With the unbeliever. Yeah. It's loving them. It's um, and you're in community, but you're not having fellowship. Okay. That they'd be a, a natural man, as Paul told uh, the Corinthians in First Corinthians two, and, and but they're not a spiritual person uh, with truly regenerated, converted. Okay. And then you were talking about the difference between that and with the believer is, fellowship is with the believer. Then all of these one another's will be the outflow of that partnership with Christ and in the, in the body of Christ will be, uh, how do we know we're really having this fellowship? It, they'll be ex It'll be expressed in all of the one another's that we've 
we've covered. Okay, good. So we have something in common together, and that commonality is our faith in Christ. Is that mm-hmm. what you say? What we're sharing in common is the gospel and a yep. new heart in the new covenant. And then we have joint on- ownership. Uh, what, what What is that referring to? The same thing? Uh, when you ask the question, joint ownership of... Of fellowship. Um, yes, we all have an obligation and responsibility uh, to reach out to the uh, to one another. Okay, we can't be uh, waiting passively for everyone to to minister to us. Uh, Ed Welch uh, has a statement: We need to need pe- we need to love people more and need people less. Hmm. So it's a it's an active, intentional. How do I practice this love for one another? Because uh, my love vertically for the Lord needs to flow out in my love for one another. All right. So fellowship's not passive. No. It's active. Yep. You're purposely entering into a conversation with somebody about Christ and about right. biblical principles. Yeah. It's not just about politics and the Dodgers. There you go. It's you know, not... around orange juice and coffee. It... It, it, nothing wrong with orange juice, right. coffee, and donuts and everything else. Yeah. But it, the conversations need to go deeper in a the soul, the so the heart of man. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're getting together for a Super Bowl party and there's <laughs> lots of chips and guac, we're not necessarily saying that's fellowship. That's not the idea here. Yeah. But could you have fellowship in that setting? Yes. And I we saw the early or read about the early church when they would meet together, there would often be meals and I'm sure there was um lots of talk about the community, things that are happening, but it would go deeper. So when you have, let's say that uh, you have a couple over for dinner, a couple of families over for din- dinner, maybe it's a small group, um, potluck dinner, some of that time is going to be fellowship, and some of that time is just talking. Is it important to realize there's a difference between the two, or do you just flow in and out of fellowship and then back to just kind of menial things? Well, unless it's a planned time, a formal teaching time of yeah. some sort in a small group, it probably would flow in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else will come up, and maybe one of the children say something, so you'll ask questions there. But if by the end of our time together, we really haven't learned much about what's going on in a person's life or how we can pray for them or minister to them, I don't know that we've really practiced Right. So in any situation, like you're meeting people for coffee, you're meeting people for lunch, you have a family over, you have to be purposeful. And it's not just enjoying the nice meal and the nice setting together. That's part of it because we're human beings and we enjoy those things. But it's somewhere you got to turn the corner yeah. and you got to get to their heart and you've got to pull out maybe what God's been showing you through your own time in the Word or time at church, what you're learning. And you just begin to discuss that yeah. with someone. Or maybe you're asking them questions to draw them out. How are you guys doing? And how's things going in your marriage? I yeah. mean, you're, you're just saying you have to be very purposeful to enter into the kind of fellowship that God's word talks about here. And and some are uh, some of God's people are really good with the conversation. They they can kind of ease in. Others are just feel awkward. Yeah. Uh, they're not prone to be good conversationalists. Well, then they have to think through maybe what are some three four questions that they can ask when the people come over. Yeah. You know, like plan ahead of time. Sure. Give thought to when they come over, I want to make sure I ask them this. And you could do that even on a Sunday morning at church. Yeah. And you go to someone and be able to ask questions, not just where they're from. Right. But a few, just a few questions uh, can get you into that area of 
Yeah, we're trying I, to I know fellowship. for us as a family, when we have folks over, particularly that even, evening meal, uh, one of the questions we always want to ask is like, hey, we'd love to hear your testimony. Mm-hmm. And we might sometimes frame it in the sense of like, hey, if you could just share in two or you know five minutes how, how Christ saved you, that would be so helpful for us because you, know, you might have children there, you may have other people that you also want to share. So if you ask them to share their testimony, maybe give them a, you know, the, uh, what you're thinking uh, instead of them just taking the rest of the night. Right. You, you know, but th- that's like one example of like, wouldn't yeah. that be a wonderful way yeah. that we could uh, fellowship with each other? Yeah. And maybe a few questions even before then to see, am I dealing with someone who is a believer? Because sometimes you have people over and you go, well, I'm pretty sure they are. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they are at. Yeah. So that would make that kind of question might really put them on the spot. But you could probably have some questions to feel out yeah. where they're at spiritually right. first. Yeah. 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 You don't want to expose them yeah. or make them feel uncomfortable. But yeah. if it's just your average church member, maybe mm-hmm. you might you know. start there. If it's someone you don't know as well, maybe uh, you get there in time. Yeah. Or you just ask them how 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 are things really going in their life and yeah. how is God helping them during this difficult time yeah. if they're going through a, a tough time, maybe. Yeah. I, I've just found when I ask them, um, how can I pray for you? Or how can we pray for you? And pray right then uh, with them. They tend to get into here's some real issues going on in their life, yeah, or burdens that they have, and that's that's always been a very good question. So still, just trying to discern maybe the difference between uh, Christians being together and fellowshipping together. Are you saying that fellowship is more of an intentional thing, almost more in a small group study where you're either studying a passage of scripture and discussing it together? Uh, are you you're kind of more thinking that's what real fellowship is? And the other part of the evening when you're just grabbing coffee and tea and mingling, that's not really the fellowship part. But they're both helpful. Well, I, I would look at all of those as part of fellowship because it's uh, greet one another with sincerity. Yeah. Uh, that'd be part of a partnership, koinonia. Uh, you're praying for one another. You're encouraging one another. So it's you're instructing one another. So as we looked at many of the one another's, right. it's not just a Bible study yeah. part of it. It's more than that. It's more than that. It, it's how can I encourage you? When I think of all of the one another's, all of those are like ingredients of the cake of fellowship. Yeah. And it's hard to artificially pull one out and say that isn't or that is. But if I'm only having a meal and I don't even talk about real life with them right. or struggles or I don't we don't bring the Lord into our conversation. It's I could have this time with any unbeliever, then I don't know that I had real fellowship. Yeah. And doesn't that sometimes feel empty? Yeah. You know, you spent maybe an evening with somebody and maybe you had fun and you did some activities, but at the end of the night you're just like, you know what, something was we just didn't quite get to that level yeah. versus a time when someone really opens up, they really start to share. Maybe that's you, maybe yeah. that's them, but then your hearts connect yeah. on a whole new level where you're sharing Christ together yeah. and you're sharing his word together. 
informally as it may be, but there's a connection there that really causes you to be drawn to that person Mm -hmm. because you're spiritually encouraged by what they're saying, and hopefully you're being a blessing to them by what you're saying. And I think as Christians, we need to make sure that we're focused on doing that, that we don't want the evening to get away from us without really entering into that conversation. So that means as a dad, it's hard for me sometimes at the table, everybody's talking, we're doing this and that, and sometimes I'll just stop the conversation. I mean, it's my house, right? I'm supposed to be the head of my house. I'll just (laughs) say, hey, guys, I love the fact we're talking about this and this, but hey, let me ask you a question. You know, what'd you think about the sermon this morning? Or uh, what did you guys think about, you know, this thing that happened this week? And how does that help us in our faith? I mean, dads really need to step up. It could be a mom too, it could be anybody, but I'm just saying certainly a dad should help foster those conversations around the table to make sure they're going deep and they're going in the desired areas that would honor the Lord. Yeah. And uh, in my... Zandra's really good in our conversation. She's a very good conversationalist. And she sometimes will, you know, pause and maybe she might just look at me and I'm going, she wants me to pray. You know, she, <laughs> uh, in other words, something was just shared and uh, she'll just kind of look at me and I, it's, the I, that's like a cue, it's a cue up look of saying, honey, you know, it's a softball. The pitch come in really slow. You need to do something with this. And, um, but that's really helpful yeah. because if you, if you don't, take those opportunities even at the close of a time as everyone may be going out the door and you're going you know i'm things were shared tonight that were heavy or burdened let's pray together absolutely um i mean i think any christian family hopefully would lean into that opportunity to say, you know, the, the occasional times I don't, if it's just really late or there's a lot of kids and I can tell they're ready for bed, <laughs> sometimes I'll just say, hey, thanks for coming over yeah. and I don't want it to feel like I'm forcing this prayer time. Yeah. But if at all possible, I just think it's so important for us to do what you just said. Like, hey, we've talked about a lot of stuff tonight. Let us pray for you yeah. that God would help you this week in, in all the things that we've discussed. Yeah. Uh, you know, another thing that we were challenged to do from Donald Whitney, who, you know, is an incredible professor at Southern and talks a lot about um, home devotions and family devotions together, is uh, in, in one of his devotional books, I think he just says, you know, you need to read the Bible, pray together, and sing together. It kind of mm. stuck with me, read, pray, and sing. Mm. So we do that fairly regularly as a family. And so what we've been doing over the last few years is when a family comes over, whether it's a college student or whether it's a family with children, whoever it is, we typically have been doing our family devotions at night right after dinner. So after we eat supper, our evening meal, we'll just say, hey, as we're kind of cleaning up the dishes, I'll just say, hey guys, grab your Bible real quick, you know, or hey, let me share with you what I read this morning or Mm -hmm. what I've been thinking about this week. And we've been inviting families to join us in that. And so Mm. I'll just tell them maybe even earlier in the evening, like, hey, when we finish dinner, we typically have a family worship time together. We'd love for you guys to join in that with us. So I'm not totally catching them off guard. And you know what we found? So many people have told us, like, that was the best part of the evening. That they just enjoyed the fact that we actually opened the Bible, read some verses, talked about it with the children, interacted with our guests about it, mm-hmm. and then prayed together right there. Yeah. Uh, in fact, several uh, college students have told me, I've never seen that done in mm-hmm. a home before. I mean, we did it maybe as kids growing up, they would say, but I've never been in someone else's home yeah. where I got to actually sit in. Would you say that's a great opportunity to express and experience fellowship together? Sure. Oh. Just just having that five yeah. or 10 minutes in yeah. a setting like that is fellowship. Yeah. And even if no one's there, you're still doing fellowship because it's your family. That's right. A, a believer. I mean, those who are believers in your family, that's fellowship uh, as well. But yeah, it's 
how to join and um, be intentional as you know you're going to get together with people. Just I, I want the conversation to go towards Christ in some way or how I can help them in their walk with Christ. Yeah, and you're saying it's an active thing. You got to be thinking about yeah. it. You got to be ready to do it because if you if you're not careful, politics, current mm-hmm. events, sports, those things will dominate. And depending on the maturity of the group, you know, if you have a lot of people over who are well grounded in their faith and they're eager to connect with you as a pastor, as a professor, as a fellow Christian, it just comes naturally. Yeah. But sometimes it's those folks who maybe aren't used to those kind yeah. of normal conversations that we're trying to make sure we're lifting them up to look to Christ and to talk about who Christ is and how his word impacts our everyday life. Yeah. And if we're going to have a prayer time together where several are going to pray, if they're if I'm not sure where they're at spiritually or if I think they, may, they might be a, an immature believer, uh, I'm going to try to keep my prayers short mm-hmm. and encourage them that they can do that. They can yeah. pray a short prayer and not overwhelm with long prayers uh, just trying to be sensitive to people and draw them out so that they're they can pray for a specific person or a specific yeah. issue like we do in small groups. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Adam and Stuart, for that helpful explanation of what genuine fellowship in Christ looks like and why it's critical for believers to have fellowship with Christ and with one another in practical ways. And as you mentioned, genuine, unhindered fellowship among believers is essential for our life in Christ. And we're not going to follow anyone but Jesus in regards to obeying this one of his commands. We need him and we need his body, the church. Some action items and questions for us listeners to think about and apply to our lives from today's discussion include thinking about different avenues of genuine fellowship that you've enjoyed or sought out this week. If your fellowship has been hindered or lacking, then ask why. Seek counsel and commit this to prayer and seek wisdom from God and his word for understanding. If fear is keeping you from fellowship, that is from connecting with other believers to worship Christ together, serve Christ together, or bear each other's burdens, then you might be struggling with the fear of man or the fear of death even, which can be sinful. And you might need to repent and turn to Christ and turn back to the church to experience genuine fellowship. And lastly, give thanks to God for the fellowship you have enjoyed with God and his people, your family in Christ, if you're a believer, of course, and think of ways you can deepen that fellowship with him and with them individually and collectively. Worshiping God is a wonderful thing when it's done as he intended in Christ, in his church, and from the heart. Well, that concludes our time for today. We'll be back soon with our next and last installment in this One Another series with Dr. Scott and Pastor Tyson. Until then, take care. Thank you for joining us today on Care of Souls. We hope you were challenged and encouraged by the truth from Scripture and are better equipped to serve Christ in His church. Visit our website at 180ministries.org to learn more about our resources and services. Until next time, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. May the Lord bless you as you abide in Him.